Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com backslash The Gamers Advocate. The Gamers Advocate. Target acquired. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 23 of the Gamer's Advocate. I'm one of your hosts, Adam. I'm either Bill or Jack. I I think I'm Jack, so okay. I'm Jack. Alright. Oh. What, what caused you to forget your own name, Mr. Roberts? A uh, long day at work, dude. Well, dude, you know who wouldn't complain about a long day at work? Picard, and that's why he rules. Anyways, back to you, Adam. What do we got on the show today? Adam, don't even talk. I mean, yeah, you can. Go. <laughs> yeah, Adam, don't even talk. <laughs> you can't hand it over to me. Then take it back. That's just cruel. Hey, there's a new Star Trek game out. Is Picard in it? Oh, I didn't think so. <laughs> Whatever. It's it's not good. Nobody's making Picard movies. Is it? Is it good? Is J. J. it good? Abrams game? doesn't want to make a Picard movie. Whatever. They're making things. <laughs> oh, you know, you know what movie is awesome though? It's Oblivion. Oblivion is so good. Well, yeah, me and Adam actually went to go see it, and then Bill didn't even show up because he likes Kirk, and then no, I texted. It. I texted him on Friday, and I was like, hey, we're going to see Oblivion. You want to come? And then on Monday, he comes to me. He's like, oh, I left my phone on my charger all weekend. Um, okay, ask, you on my charger. Ask, ask Sean. He tried to get hold of me Sunday, too. I didn't even have it with me. I was I was really busy this weekend anyway. I couldn't have gone, but uh, so I guess I was oblivious. Ooh, Oblivion. Nice. You were in Oblivion. Yeah, Maybe. it was. It was actually, I got a lot done though. Well, that's always good. No, but anyway, Oblivion. We uh, so the reviews are lukewarm. I would say like there, there's positive, some negative, saying it's very cliche. Morgan Freeman's in stuff it. like Morgan Freeman is <laughs> that, in it. That gives us at least a five. Yeah, out I mean, of he 10 right he there. brought he brought all the penguins, so they're like the main people who kill all the enemies. It's pretty awesome. No, but anyway, Oblivion is very awesome. If you're kind of unfamiliar, it takes place in the future. The world was at war. We lost. We won the battle, but we lost the planet because it wasn't suitable for life. So, yeah, everyone left except so who a really few wins? people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. Except a few people who are cleaning up the drones and maintenance who are protecting from the stragglers, from the enemies. So the whole story is just about this one guy and girl who are left over. They have two weeks left till they go back and join the rest of humanity, and it's pretty awesome. Kind of reminds me of Wally in real life. It's pretty. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Like their modern it, home is super clean. Can I ask you a question? If it doesn't spoil anything, yeah. Do you ever see the enemies that we were at war with? Oh yeah, yeah. You see them. The I mean, it's not like it's not like, like a fan, it's not like or? a phantom like enemy, but you get to see them. All I gotta say is like Morgan Freeman has a cod-like voice. You should go see it. <laughs> oh yeah, you get to you get to see some of the enemies. It's I, I thought they did a very good job of telling a very complete story, and they don't really leave too much out. And also, the movie is gorgeous. I mean, Jack and I saw it in IMAX, and the sound and just the cinematography, I think a lot of it took place in Iceland where they filmed it, and it was gorgeous. Very well done. I won't ruin it, but while we were editing a second ago, and it, you would notice it because it was already edited out, think about that. I figured it out. I figured out the it whole It is. Bill's a genius, thing. and I don't Not like really. it. Well, I mean, he has seen a lot of sci-fi, and it is a little cliche, so I guess depending on how many movies you see may dictate how you like it somewhat, but I don't know. I, it's, I don't just, know. it's just a beautiful experience, and you should just go along for the ride and enjoy it and get over yourself. I won't spoil it, but all I'll say was, 
North Korea wasn't bluffing. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> awesome. No, I but I highly recommend Oblivion. If you can see it in IMAX, I think it does make a difference. It's just gorgeous and that beautiful screen and that sound. But how about you, Bill, since you were ditching us? What did you do this week? Um, a lot of furniture shopping and a lot of remodeling around the home on some stuff. With the Doing, mixes. like, the old spring cleaning. Do you do any, like, cleaning up of video games? Uh, I, I got, you know, one or two games of football in. Um, got to play a little Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. And I'd like to thank my man Split Ends out there for uh, reminding me that if you go through the missions, there's a Site B. I would also like to uh, remember the fact that going through these missions is easier said than done. It's hard to shoot out of a helicopter and hit something like a little raptor that's running fast. Hmm. Are you, like, just, like, jumping around, bumping around? Well, there's different missions. Some you just got to take pictures of, of certain things. Some you got to, like, actually shoot dinosaurs, but you're in a helicopter with a rifle trying to do it, and you have to try to hit running animals that are running all over the place in a certain time span. That's cool. Um, but the actual main game, like I said before, is just more like a, like a sim-building thing, which is the main part. But Site B, from what I was told, unlocks, like, like the second movie, like The Lost World, where it's just a whole island, there's no park or anything, and all you can do is you can make just tons of dinosaurs and let them live in their own habitats and kill each other and, you know, kind of play Dinosaur God a little bit. Sounds uh, fun. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I actually played uh, Tomb Raider some more. I've, I got a lot of time in that game, and it's just it's just still awesome. I don't know. I, you were playing some Tomb Raider, weren't you, Jay? I tried to I tried to play a little uh, Tomb Raider, but uh, I didn't. <laughs> Every time I Did you do anything exciting besides Oblivion? Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's jump into some more games. I mean, unless, Bill, you have something else you'd like to say? Yeah, every time I move my mic stand, it sounds like someone farted. <laughs> yeah, that's what that sound was. I don't know if Adam will catch that in editing. There we go. Poop. See if that comes in. I wonder if that blew everyone's eardrums. <laughs> Just yeah, be careful. So we want to, before we jump into the news and discussion, we want to always remind if you want to be a part of the show, email us at podcast at thegamersadvocate.com. Send us all your questions, comments, artwork, awesome pictures, blah, 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 all that awesome stuff. So the first thing we're going to jump into is something that we found out is a little sore subject for Mr. Jack Whittington over here. Because <laughs> uh, there was a, there's a game that was released for the NES called Stadium Events. It's one of the rarest games in the world, and, I mean, people have been going crazy. I think at one point this game sold for thirty-eight grand or a lot of money. I mean, it was like a mint condition one still, but... Well, the thing about it that it's so amazing is it, too, is not on the Vita. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Shut your face. Give me, like, a break. Can I go ten minutes into this <laughs> oh, show with sorry. it? <laughs> I could help it. Oh, man. Anyway, before I start crying. So, some lucky person went into a Goodwill store... And found this game, and unbeknownst to the Goodwill employees, they sold it for $8. This this game that this person recently purchased is now on some game, video game auction website, and the the bid is at twelve grand. and there's still about five days left. You know what, I, I would hope that they'd take maybe a little bit of that money and maybe give a little bit of that to Goodwill, you know, throw a little back. Hell no, they're not going to. They're not going <laughs> to at all. a little bit. Nope. But why were Not they charging eight bucks for a, a, that old of a video game? Anyway? Well, they, they didn't <laughs> know. They, know. they had no idea. No, eight bucks is too much for a oh, okay. cartridge game. All right. Unless you know it's valuable. Well, yeah, video game. I don't know. They didn't know anything, obviously. So I mean, it was just totally mispriced for whatever. But the thing that really I mean, you can get grinds Xbox my gears. Games for under ten bucks. Yeah, that's true. But they didn't know what they were doing, obviously. Or else right. they would they put it up on the auction site. But good point. I uh, have this game or had it. 
I don't know where it is now. I don't know how we got rid of it. I believe oh, we gave it away. Um, I did have an original NES and the light gun, and I had stadium events like Adam's talking about. We had the gamepad, and me and my sister would play it all the time. You it Just like Olympic events, like hurdles, the dash, and stuff, and you'd use like the little pad on the floor, just like you use DDR right now with the yeah. pad. We had a huge pad. It was bigger than that than you get for the home. And then we'd, we'd actually cheat. We'd actually lift our feet up. You can't see me. We'd lift How our feet you? up just a little bit and then just hit it with our heels, the How pad. How big was the pad? Was it like a big one, like a, like a maxi size? I mean, it was like, like a max pad. It was like a big <laughs> it was It was big. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, like, the footage was, but, like, I think it was, I think it was, I don't know. 20 by 30. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, it was like 20 by 30. But anyway, like, like what, what exactly, was the game fun? Because I've always, I've heard about this game over the years, but was it actually a good game or just a rare game? It was uh, a game. I mean, in today's standards, in today's standards, it was fun when we were kids because we would like run and jump and do this stuff. And it was like the first of its kind, also with the peripheral that we'd ever come in contact to. We were just children at the time. Like just like the light gun was kind of the first, and the uh, you know Super Mario Brothers was the first. Uh, this was like new, exciting, and we we loved it. We played that, and we played like a Noah's Ark game that we had. And uh, Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. I mean, that's what we had. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But I, I'm very sorry that you lost that game. <laughs> you know that's what? I think, I think we gave it away, and it probably ended up in Goodwill because the people uh, who had it gave it away. Probably his copy. Know, probably your copy. You should. Uh, you, should you deserve some of that money. I think. You know what? If right. I had exactly. my Xbox here, I'd order you a pizza with it to make you feel better. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. If I had a hat, I'd take it off to you. <laughs> yes. So our next topic is advertisement at its greatest, or or not. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, if you're in the mood for some pizza, and Pizza Hut is like, you got posters of it all over your house, and you are just, just idolize that place. If you like crappy toppings. <laughs> yeah. Now, you can go on your Xbox, load an app, download an app called the Pizza Hut app, and with your Kinect, can order your own pizza. You don't have to use a Kinect, though. You can, you can use do, a controller. Or just your phone. If you like, <laughs> call them up. <laughs> it's like... You know, like a smartphone or like any phone, be like, hey, we can dial a number for pizza. The the only advantage I can think to use an Xbox is the fact that your information would probably be stored in there one time and you don't have to keep giving your address. Yeah, but so, like if you order a card or anything. If you order online, it's the same thing. Plus, they usually save all your stuff. Well, yeah, but I guess I guess it only is worth anything if you're already playing Xbox and you happen to be in between games and you're at the dashboard already. And <laughs> so then. You know it's going to be exactly what you put in. I mean, but okay. Nowadays, let's think of reality. Nowadays, people have their smartphones on them at all time, always within hands reach, and they're always messing around with them while they're on the video games or not. So, plus with everyone having an iPhone, they can just ask Siri, "Hey Siri, I want to order me some Pizza Hut." Yeah, but here's now here's two things that I think ha- this thing has yeah, going for it. The f- the first one is you get fifteen percent off by using this app. Uh, wow. <laughs> Second off. It's just a way for Microsoft to make money. So what the hell do they care? <laughs> Pizza Hut's like, hey, could, let's, could we put an app on there? Let's Here's some advertising money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but that's a good point. But 15% off the regular menu price, because if you just have a coupon that you've printed out or whatever or have on your phone, it might be more. It might be more of a deal. We'll have to investigate see if it is a real meal deal for your Pizza Delight. <laughs> real meal deal. I like that. Real meal deal. 
Yeah, but it's it's just it's funny to see what advertisers come up with. It's it's just awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. the last week with the toothpaste and SimCity DLC. It's just it's funny. Yeah, I mean, it got us talking about it and it got oh, the publicity yeah, out. Yeah, so, no, you know, pizza, 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 pizza. You know. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a topic of discussion. That, I mean, that's what marketing is: get yeah. people to talk about it. But I actually saw a funny picture of someone photoshopped like the Xbox guide button and just put a pizza on it. <laughs> so it's like the you just click it and there's the pizza house. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the pizza pizza button. I like that. Well, and every a lot of people are redesigning their pizzas now too. Like Domino's is well, yeah. pizza does that like the crazy crust they they're like, always come up with some I don't new even gimmick. Know they have like, like a deeper, deeper dish. Who has the deep, that's like Little Caesars. Nickel <laughs> Little Caesars has a deep dish, yeah. And then uh, Domino's is p- making their pan pizzas slow now. They come up with the well. It's like, really <laughs> like five feet high. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll dive right in. So, uh, you know, if you want to have a useful app, I'd like to have something that could reserve movie tickets for like two years down the road. Oh I mean, my if God, I was gonna get this a, guy. If I was going <laughs> to do that, I mean, what would, I, what would you reserve for like 2015? Uh, finding Dory. Okay, what else? <laughs> Ratchet and Clank is becoming a full-length feature film. Yeah, the video game, it's very impressive because, first of all, it came out of nowhere. There was, like, no rumors about this. Um, they just, Insomniac Games, kind of released a teaser trailer that this game, this movie would be coming out, that it's actually coming to theaters, it's going to be bringing back all the voice actors, and it's going to be releasing in 2015. How do you guys feel about this? I have no idea. <laughs> I'd just like to point out how like Bill transitions through these topics like butter, and it's pretty awesome to, to watch. Pretty yeah, I don't even know what topic we're on because it's like so buttery smooth <laughs> up in here. But it's just when was the last time you saw a video game become a full length movie? Can you think of any? I have to ask my smartphone. Doom? Just seriously. I think there's an app for uh, that. Doom. Doom. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good one. And it was they. Horrible. Bad. Butchered that, didn't they? Lara, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider had one, too. Yeah. Tomb Raider, of course. That's what everyone usually well, I'm not going to count but. anything directed by Uwe Boll. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But here's a couple things this has going for it. Is a lot of times, these, these Ratchet & Clank games, which are gorgeous, PS3 exclusives, a lot of times in reviews and stuff, you'll hear almost Pixar quality, up to Pixar level of animation and storytelling, blah, blah, blah. Now, they're not going the route that like Doom did, say, and go for live action and stuff. It's staying true to the to the to the heart of Ratchet and Clank. Same animate animators, animations, all that stuff. Same characters. So it looks like it's really going to be. They're going to put their full effort into it. So I don't know. I, I like to be optimistic because I love Ratchet and Clank, and hopefully it means more Ratchet and Clank games. I know that uh, live action sometimes doesn't transition at all. I think who's the most successful at it? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess Tomb Raider for just purely video game standpoint. Yeah, I gotta say, Mortal I Kombat. gotta say. Back in the day, that was... Well, God, yeah, that, that was, I guess that was uh, one of the greatest. I've seen Mortal Kombat like a million times, the live action, and I've seen Doom like four count, or five times. Do you count Resident Evil movies since it's so far away from... Resident Evil, I, I, I guess that would yeah, be the most actually, popular. I didn't think, think about that. That's kind of kind of like it, yeah. The first one was... Actually, I liked the first one. After that, he's got a little... second one was okay. Okay, but it had some parts where I, you're just like, what? I saw all the Resident Evil movies. I did too. And I kind of liked them. They're like a guilty pleasure, you know what I mean? You're like, because I'm a gamer and I like I like it, and she's kind of hot, and she's kicking ass. Well, I maybe. like I like some parts of all of them, but then there's just, I'm always just like shaking my head, like, really? Like in the second one, where I know, she, yeah. she happens to just, they're in the uh, church cathedral, like shoot, fighting with this monster, and Alice comes flying through on a motorcycle through the window, like she had any idea they were there, but just <laughs> flies right through and dun 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 dun. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. 
No, if I'm you're going to do that, don't wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Phil just knows all the answers. No, but it's it's kind of cool the trend we see video games going because, I mean, like it or not, you you see how sci-fi is doing Defiance where they're linking the TV show and the game with Ratchet and Clank coming out with a full-length feature film. I'm sure there's going to be a game released around that time. Yeah. So it's good to see video games expanding well, and, and getting in touch with other types of media. And at least they're using a successful game. You know, if they did something that kind of didn't work out well, like a Heavenly Sword or something oh, like that, and made that into a movie, that'd well, be a little, I'd be a little like hedge scratching. You but know? yeah, but it's funny you mention that <laughs> because. Apparently that's going to go to like a direct to DVD, from what I hear. Yeah, a report came out that this this it's Where also all gonna bad be. movies go to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, uh, which is sad because Heavenly Sword I feel like is a very underappreciated game it in wasn't. its own right. It didn't do well. The PS3 wasn't really ready for it. Yeah. probably. I thought it was time. an excellent game, but it's just it's coming direct to DVD, and that's a little worrisome. Well, you can make a lot of money with like direct to DVD type of stuff or direct yeah, to VHS. If I don't. <laughs> Well, how about we go the other way? How about like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen? You know how they did like their I said. <laughs> you know how they did you know how they did their series when they were kids, they did their direct to D V D type of series. Apparently oh, they yeah. made a ton of money oh, off oh, of it. They're set yeah. for life. Now they look like little skeletors and, and everyone was like, Oh, they grew up and now they're adults now. Whoops. And now everyone's wondering why I know that, but I watched the E True Hollywood story. <laughs> okay, give me sure a break. I I saw that. And then they got into their own clothing line and then they made billions and they're like filthy rich. Jerks. <laughs> yeah, so it's it'll be interesting. They didn't really release any other info about Heavenly Sword, but there's one other thing I wanted to mention that kind of makes me worry about Ratchet and Clank is that it's not being made by Sony Animation Studios, which I mean they've made. I think they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and some other things. <laughs> or as my mom calls Cloudy with a Chance of Spaghetti. <laughs> that's a cute that's title. No, that's no joke either. That's funny, but it's actually being made by a company called Rainmaker, which made uh, I think what was it called like. Uh, to the ends of the earth or under the earth. I forget what it was, but they made some decent, not excellent movies. So it's interesting. I mean, if, go watch the teaser trailer. It looks exactly like a Ratchet and Clank game. Voices, the humor, the charm, all that stuff. Hey, you never know. Could be cool. I just like to see the push they're doing. Well, who made the um, the Final Fantasy games? Was that, did Sony make that? Square, en- Square Enix. They did? Okay, Square Enix just did it. Okay. I think uh, it's also interesting how there's more movies being made about video games because they've exhausted all other sources of ideas, I think. Like books. They went into, like, graphic novels, and now they just have to take from something else instead of making constant sequels. So it could be a good thing that they're looking towards video games for ideas, I guess, as long as they do it right. Like, that's reverse of movies, and then you get some junky video game based off of the movie or made for the movie. It needs to be like, you know how it was always like video games based on movies always sucked? But it seems like the trend is kind of the other way around more often than not now, too, where the movies based on video games tend to suck. And when it's taken a little more seriously, like, you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see somebody like a really top-notch director get a hold of Red Dead Redemption and oh, make that story and make the story that's in the game. Right. Sure, maybe right. we all know the ending, um, you know, the gamers... But the general public sees that and they think that was a video game, and then you know maybe they check it out a little bit. I mean, I and they can they can change it up. I mean, you watch like Bioshock, right? Yeah, Would that's be awesome great if That'd done right. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the graphic novels and the show uh, for like Walking Dead. Yep. I mean, and you read that before you saw the show. Did it ruin the show for you at all? Cause Not they even sw- a little bit. Yeah. So they, if they stay true to like maybe just the feel of it, they yeah, can change all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you can change the plot, but. 
I would. Lo- I mean, the story of in some of these games, like a Red Dead, for example, or recently Bioshock Infinite, the stories are so good. I would love to see that told out and and you know make some changes along the way, but basic story be what it is. But if if not, I would settle for a completely different story if the if the world felt right, if the characters felt right. Yeah, and, and we, I, we kind of talked about this a little while ago, but it's. It's good to see this this trend with video games going to movies because when movies go to video games, that's when you get in trouble with timing issues, and then that's when you get crappy games because these studios are given deadlines and they're like, "Hey, you have to make this game by this time, which is like in two weeks," and then your game sucks. Which we even saw with Walking Dead Survival Instinct. They obviously had to get that done with at the peak of the this season of Walking Dead, and that game obviously suffered when it could have been great. Should have called it Walking Dead Survival Instinct. (laughs) Oh, very nice. Nice. But yeah, I mean, uh, video games now are becoming more like interactive movies almost. I mean, they have even the option in the difficulty settings that give you, it's more theatrical, thematic for more casual gamers. They did it in Mass Effect. They did it in a couple ones, and you see these huge cutscenes. Heavy Rain? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they got, that's just like, Movie quality and the budget's huge. Yeah, right. it's it's awesome. It's funny you mentioned that and you mentioned Heavy Rain because there is a the the big game coming out this fall at the, or in October, October. Yeah, is called Beyond Two Souls. Now they did a nice little marketing thing in the industry basically, and they sent all the game journalists the script of Beyond Two Souls without the actual words in the script. So these companies got a script that's 2,000 pages long. It's the actual length of the Beyond Two Souls script, and it's literally, like, huge. I mean, it's so thick. It's ridiculous. Unless whoever did that stutters. <laughs> yeah, I guess that could, that could be an issue, well, no, too. That, see, to me, that's promising. I, I mean, you guys know I read a lot of this, and I love lo- a good long book as long as it's not boring. Um, but, yeah, that that gives me great, great hope for this game. I mean, 2,000 pages. That's a lot of pages. That's a lot of pages. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's great to see because this is a game like David Cage with uh, Quantic Dream is really going the next step to bridge that gap and to try and make games feel like movies and tell a, a great story. Because if you look at the box art, if you look at the that they just released, they have um, Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe, their names on the on the box art with Ellen Page's face. I think it is Just like they're really stressing that this is going to be an interactive game, a movie, if you will. They're sending a script out. They're, they're billing it as such, getting a high star power and really making this different and unique. And, I mean, Heavy Rain did incredibly well, especially for a game that's not like a shooter or a sports game. And people are going to keep their eyes on this one, especially if they keep making it seem like a movie because people are going to, I think they'll be very into that. I actually want to play that again. But I mean, and and because I, I love those interactive movies, and I'm glad to see more of those coming. If if only we could get, oh man, if we could get some real survival horror too, I'd be a happy camper. I can't even deal with this guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Phil is just a master at segues today. On uh, fire, we, kids! Oh, he is on fire. <laughs> so, Shin, Shinji Mikami. Bless you. I knew it was coming. <laughs> we get spoiler warning on the right. Bless you from the left. <laughs> Just can't get away from it. Anyway, bless you, Hachu. Shinji Mikami, creator of Resident Evil, finally has revealed his new game. Now, we mentioned this last week. Bethesda was putting out Vine videos, those six-second loops of things that make no sense, of, I don't know, things of barbed wire, spinning records, blah, blah, blah. But they finally revealed that his next game would be called The Evil Within. 
So, yeah, everyone was looking for Fallout 4, and you'll still get it eventually, but this, man, if it was not going to be Fallout 4, I'm pretty damn excited for this. Yeah, this one looks looks incredible, because obviously this guy knows survival horror, and obviously that, that series has gone away from it, but the roots, what the series actually is and stood for, and why he created it, is what we are have been clamoring for is survival horror fans because yeah. it hasn't been around for a very long time. And so, I know you did a little research on it. Tell us a little bit about I this did. game, Adam. So they didn't really show... They showed a, a reveal trailer. It was a live-action trailer and it was extremely freaky. You watched it, didn't you? Oh, yeah. It was yeah I don't know if you saw it, Jack. I'm not. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's really creepy. Yeah, it's just it's you're so going awful. through some asylum or whatever and there's all these crazy monsters. There's this girl coming out of blood with all these arms and barbed wire crazy people. Am I, am I right? Oh, yeah. Like People so, coming up out of blood and, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't know. You should watch it. making it's, barbed wire, you, you like, frantically. You, it doesn't really show gameplay, but it shows the tone that they're trying to get. Like, they're not trying to hold back. This game is obviously going to mess with your mind and be gory and brutal and definitely something that kids shouldn't play because it'll get crazy. But yeah. <laughs> this, uh, they actually, IGN went into depth and kind of got a good preview of the game, and they kind of described a little bit of what you can expect. You're going to be playing as a detective, a guy named Sebastian, and he's investigating a homicide in an inner city asylum. Now he's going to be with some friends, this guy named Joseph, some girl they name his kid, or they address to his kid, and when they get to the, the crime scene, they find deserted cop cars, but there's no really sign of struggle, so they assume they go in the asylum. So when they get in, they find the bodies of these cops, of the doctors and the patients of this asylum, that just mangled, just destroyed, slumped on chairs against the walls. He finds some surveillance tape and watches it, and there's this hooded figure that's just slaughtering people left and right, causing mayhem, all that, all that jazz. And then all of a sudden, this hooded figure appears behind Sebastian, and he's knocked unconscious. After that, he wakes up in a meat locker, surrounded by victims, and he's hanging upside down a la Tomb Raider, which we see a hundred million times. And there's a butcher-type character who comes in and takes someone out and just guts him right in front of him. Now, he's coming for Sebastian, and he escapes. you got to escape this giant guy and get out in the city. And then when you get outside, you see that the city is just devastated, and there's a giant crater where the cop cars were, and things were, I don't know, just going crazy. I can't wait. Uh, and if it's, I hope it's next-gen. Because of the, I think the graphics will probably do it justice. But even if not, I I don't care. I, the sooner this comes out, the better. That I'm reminds dying me, for a game like this. That reminds me of one of the the best scenes in the Resident Evil movie, where she gets like captured and like knocked out at the end of the first one, and then she wakes up, and the end of the movie is like her like getting out of the hospital or wherever she was at, and she was in a hospital gown, and she gets on the street, and like the whole street was messed up, and she goes right. to the nearest cop car and like cocks the shotgun and it pans out and you're like oh man the devastation of the of the area i think uh that's a that's a great way to tell a story and i think i love that kind of that kind of stuff i do um, too and also uh, she looked really good in that hospital gown but that, yeah. how functional was that what i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you do something better there it was but like, like someone took like cheap gas station toilet paper and put one piece on one side of her and one yeah. piece on the other and said all right that's a gown I know, we I, ran out of budget. Just go. And I, yeah, I, it was it was pretty crazy, but like that was that was awesome. And uh, if from the creator of uh, Resident Evil, did he have anything to do with the movies? No, just no, the game. not just the game only. Well, I don't know if it's for the same theme or if they like uh, give input into the in the movies at all. Uh, I think it'll be great. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it looks great. And they, they went into asking him more about not necessarily the game itself, but what the game stands for and what he wants to create. So kind of the overarching picture of what you can expect from this game. And he mentioned the fact that Resident Evil and all these other survival horror games are getting way too action. But he said he said that there is some merit in action, like breaking up just the like the stealth and the sneaking around. There is some merit to having that type of action. He's trying to find that perfect balance between action and survival horror. Oh, yeah, you can't go totally the other way to where... I mean, because there's got to be something where you actually have to do something and it builds the tension, but you got to build up to that moment, not have such over-the-top diving out from helicopters to jet planes and, and come on, you know? Like, yeah, all that kind of crazy stuff can take away from what the heart and soul is of the game. If you do it too much, it'll just overtake it like an action monster overtaking the horror and what makes it scary in a great game yeah, for that kind of genre. If I want to play Call of Duty, I'll buy Call of Duty. Yeah, or you could just call it Resident Evil 6. <laughs> Boom! That's what not to do with the survival horror game. And just look for the woman and giraffe on the cover. That's all I'm <laughs> yes. saying. So, but they actually kind of... So he talked about this idea of mixing the two and uh, and all that stuff and he went into the second part of his demo where they take you to this cottage area in the forest <clears throat> and they finally have enemies coming at you and you have a gun i mean the, there's probably going to be scarce resources all that jazz but they have these two zombie-like creatures and one is just covered in glass shards just piercing his body and the other has barbed wire wrapped all around his body you know what that might explain why they're both a little pissy <laughs> yeah i could i could understand that Nothing, nothing too happy about that situation, but they, they are obviously tortured souls. Now, if anyone's been following Soul Sacrifice coming out for the Vita, they Nobody the whole has. the whole the whole point of that game is these enemies and these bosses are tortured souls, and they still have some semblance of them of their previous selves. And as you're killing them, they're kind of screaming out like, "I'm sorry, save me," blah blah blah. So it's kind of a creepy in that sense, and it seems like this game is going to take that route a little bit. So after he takes care of those enemies and he's walking through the forest, he decides that it's time to head back. <clears throat> well, on the way back, without even the, letting the player know, things change up. So the path back was not the same as the path there. So he's lost. He's confused. He doesn't know exactly where he is. It's very unfamiliar. And then all of a sudden, blood overtakes him, and he wakes up and he's back in the asylum. Except for that last part that happens to me when I have to pee at night. <laughs> hey, when it's dark and you have to go, it's like everything seems strange sometimes, right? The path back is not the same. <laughs> you yell, like, hey, hey, help me. And all of a sudden I hear the, the litter box is for the cats. <laughs> so get off of me. <laughs> awesome sauce. But anywho, I really like how this game is taking the approach of, first of all, being in an asylum and playing up to the fact of craziness, that means unexpectedness. And that's what makes the survival horror game great, is when you don't know what's around the next corner. When you're unaware of where the game is taking you, it's not cliche, it's not, you don't say, okay, the zombie's about to, he's laying on the ground, he's about to jump up at me, right. I'm going to walk past this closet, a zombie's going to come smat, like, rushing out of it. It's about making the player feel uncomfortable, feel scared, feel helpless, but also, you have to have good mechanics and have it be a good game and compelling story. Yeah, I can't remember the last game where the map or the actual level changed dynamically and I didn't know about it. You know what I mean? It's going to be next gen. Because it's like you have to like re-render it or whatever. I mean, like every game I've ever played, 
you know, the maps are the same, the areas are the same, nothing changes. I mean, you know, they have, like, breakable, collapsing environments, but you know, like, right, what right. Laura Croft, okay, she's going over a bridge, oh, the bridge is coming down, oh my god, you know, I can't go back that way, but it's not like, it's not like seamless. The closest thing I could think of is, uh, like, Silent Hill uh, 2 and 3, like, they would sometimes go to nightmare mode. The layout was the same, but it would look different. And it would be like you. pitch black at some point, you know, basically just changing the lighting or changing the the way the walls would look. Like a normal hospital would look all creepy and stuff, but the layout's still the same. Wouldn't that, and would that mess with you? Because I didn't play that. It, it, it did a little. I mean, it was great in those games for its time, but I think this could be done at, at a much higher it, level. It could be just like fluid. Like you're going down a trail, you run into, a, uh, into like a, some kind of something, and it keeps you occupied for a little bit while it re-renders what's going on right. behind you. And then you turn around and you're like... Oh holy shit! You know uh, if that can happen without load screens and stuff like that. Yeah. How amazing is that going to like be? Like seamless, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be pretty incredible. Now this game is coming out in 2014. It is going to be on the current gen consoles and next gen. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. I'll get the next gen version. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to do that too. But it's it's really I it's once again a lot of the big trend we see in gaming these days is reboots, is reimagining a series and putting the characters you know and love in different situations, retelling their origin stories, blah, 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 blah. Now, this, if you think about it, is more or less a reboot of the Resident Evil franchise because it's it's the creator. It's obviously a survival horror game. You know it's going to be similar to maybe not have, like, the Umbrella Corporation and all these other other references and characters, but the heart and soul of these games will be preserved because it's the guy who made these games. Right. I, I can't wait. I'm so excited to see more about this. Yeah, so stay tuned for more news about that. But if you're a fan of survival horror and of Resident Evil and anything like that, keep your eye on this one. Is it going to be on the Wii U? I don't know, actually. Is anything? Uh, nope. Nothing at all. Nothing's coming up for the <laughs> Wii U, huh? Nothing at all. Not even Virtual Console? Nope, I've never heard of a Virtual Console. Nobody else has either. So none, <laughs> no, so all four of the people with the Wii U have going to have nothing to play coming up. <laughs> I'm just trying to destroy Bill's segue. Because before we do that, we're going to jump into Audible and thank our sponsor. Oh, nice. <laughs> myself up. Boom. For you, the listeners of The Gamer's Advocate, Audible is offering a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook download just for trying out their service. Now, they offer over 100,000 books, and it's a very easy-to-use system in conjunction with Amazon. And I think our friend over here, Bill Roberts, has a book that you might like. And, uh, yeah, this I'm going to go a little different route this week. You know, we've put a lot of books out there. Some of them are longer series, things like that. But you want something to kind of test it out to see if you really want to jump into audiobooks. How about something maybe like more of a short story? And what I've got is uh, this week is a Stephen King book that I listened to uh, when it came out, and I love quite a bit. It's called A Face in the Crowd. And it's not very long. Uh, maybe about an hour long or so, um, and it's about uh, an old widowed man, or widower, I should say, by the name of Dean Evers, who moves down to Florida after his wife dies, and uh, has nothing really much to do with this time at night but watch baseball, but uh, in good Stephen King fashion, eventually starts noticing something very strange. He sees people in the crowd that have long since died, and you know he keeps first thinking it's his imagination, and eventually it gets stranger and stranger until eventually he sees something even a little bit more disturbing. So I highly recommend this story. It's called A Face in the Crowd, and uh, it's very, very good Stephen King material. Yeah, I like that. I like how it's a short story, because a lot of these books are like 30, 40 hours long. <laughs> and and they're crazy. There are a lot of them. He's, he, he himself, just for, oh, as course. an example, has done several. He's done some with one with his son recently called uh, 
in the tall grass, which was also very good too. Nice. Um, and a lot of these are like you know about an hour long, and you can listen to them going back and forth to work. And I think some people might try a few of these and really get hooked on it, and then realize what a great deal we are offering instead of just ignoring it every week. Awesome. Well, thanks for that, Bill. I like it. So to download that book or any others, go to audibletrial.com backslash thegamersadvocate. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash thegamersadvocate for your free audiobook. And now back to our show. And Bill, I am sorry that I ruined your segue the other day. What about the Wii U? <laughs> the Wii U, the virtual console, is finally launching, hopefully this week. There is going to be the big update to make the Wii U function like it should have functioned at launch. <laughs> and the day after, which later. will most likely be Friday or early next week, the virtual console will be launching. So you'll be able to have your save states, play on the TV, play on your your Wii gamepad, all that stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice to finally have that function, which once again should have been there day one. But hey, it's Nintendo. What are you gonna do? <laughs> now, <laughs> Nintendo's new motto should always be "Better late than never." It's like. <laughs> Sit back and accept it, and then give us our money. <laughs> Take it like a champ. So they they Nintendo announced the launch lineup, and not surprisingly, it's disappointing. <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh, you know, you know, I love my Nintendo, and I do love the Virtual Console and being able to play all these games. But Nintendo does a very, very funny thing where they release games, they slowly trickle them, blah blah blah. So we're getting Balloon Fight. Donkey Kong Jr., Excitebike, which are all NES games, and Ice Climber and Kirby's Adventure and Punch-Out. And for, from the Super Nintendo era, we're getting F-Zero and Super Mario World. Yeah, F-Zero, that's good. Yeah, so these, some of these games have been released, I think, 20,000 times on 600 different systems. But You say they're not all releasing at the same time? Well, these are. These, these are the are. ones that are releasing, but and I'm saying like all the other that, games. Is this just going to be like trickle down? It's going to be like an old man peeing. That's what you're going <laughs> to exactly. get from Nintendo. That's what they do. That's what they did with the Wii, with the 3DS eShop, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of trickling down. But it's nice to see it's actually here. Now, we're going to jump to a comment we have from our friend of the show, Nate, who wants to make a comment about Nintendo and is going to side with Jack and Bill and even me in this kind of set and some part of the word. Uh, and before you even say it, I just want to say, Nate, I am 100% with you on this. Well said. You are right on the money. <laughs> yeah, so he says that he sees people on gaming sites get all excited about Nintendo releasing games on the Virtual Console. And he even goes on to mention Zelda Age- Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, which is being released on the 3DS, but it, it kind of fits into this whole topic. Um, but this is it's really just a marketing trick to make people think they're getting something new. It's ridiculous. They could have released every first-party game on day one. It's just ridiculous because hackers in their free time get all these games running. And he even mentioned PSP, and he has a GBA emulator that he runs these games that have had that he's had for years, and now they're still waiting and waiting for these games to appear. And you know what? He's 100% right. I mean, 100% right. I couldn't agree more. I know Jack's with me on this one, too. Definitely. I don't know how you can get even excited for these games anymore um, when they've been kind of available through other avenues, even just like you said. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't can't, get it. I can't get that excited. I, I'd rather just sit back and wait for something new from Apple. Does it does it make me <laughs> does it make me want to get that was very nice, but does it make me want to get a Wii? Sorry. No. No. It doesn't make me want to get a Wii. Of course I mean, not. None of it. I mean, how excited can you get about excitement? Why would you want to get a Wii for that when you could go get 
You can a play GameCube, a- an N64, <laughs> a Game Boy Advance, all cheaper. You can get well, everything. It's nice to have them all in one place. Those old games. Yeah, it, but well, this is—I mean, this is more for well, the Wii U owners. This isn't so you. This is never meant for people to like go out and buy a Wii U so they can get this. What they should release is like stadium events, and then just ruin this guy's <laughs> auction. <laughs> just like booyah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, but the cartridge I, still works. I kind of—I kind of want to just—I kind of want to address Nate's point about talking how they could have released all these games day one. And while I do agree that that would be awesome to be able to do that, it, it's it's smart from a business perspective because if you think about if you sit down at a table and they bring you out the whole menu, you're not going to eat everything. And stuff's going to go to waste and it's going to get lost and things are going to go by the wayside when they actually wouldn't. But the virtual console, when they release them every week and other weeks, it gets you excited for games that are coming out. And they say, this one's coming out in a month. Everyone's going to be waiting for that date, and then when that day comes, they're all going to purchase it. But if they release every game, some lesser-known games would just get lost in the shuffle. Hey, you know what? If you go to that same restaurant, and they bring you something new every half hour, you can still only eat what you can eat, and you're not going to keep pounding that down just because it keeps coming out. You know, I'm sorry. Same thing. I'm saying, like, you got to come back in a few days. I, I just... I, I think... Eventually, people are going to be like, you know what? I've bought this game enough times. The nostalgia factor, I've got it on an old system. Yeah, but you sure, know, a few young people might jump on a few, but more and more of those guys are getting into the hardcore. Yeah, but games. here's here's the thing. Once that happens, they'll stop doing it. When they're making money off them, they're not going to stop doing it. No, I agree with that. But here's what's going to happen: when it does stop making money, I think it's going to crash pretty hard for them. And I would hate to see a great company like Nintendo totally go down the tubes because I don't think the Wii U is going to even come close to comparing or competing with the PS4 or the X, next Xbox. I still have some faith. I know you do. And <laughs> and I, you know what? It's almost like watching Put somebody... It on the record. It's almost like some... <laughs> you remember Pet Cemetery when little kids run in front of the freeway and you're just like, you know what's coming and you can't do anything about it? That's what it's like seeing you have faith in Nintendo. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you're so rude. The thing is, though, uh, I mean, we got to admit, Nintendo is good at making money. I mean, bad or good, how do we feel about it? They're they're pretty good at it. So was Atari. Well, I for don't a know. while. Anyways, so was yeah. Sega. Yeah, for yeah, a while. Not like Nintendo. You can't Nintendo compare those that. to Nintendo. They no, do have no. they do have staying power. I'm not comparing those to Nintendo, but even you know, Rome was the biggest empire in the world for quite a long time too. My point is, you get too cocky, you get you rest too much on what you've done in the past, and think you can just keep redoing it. Eventually, I'm not saying this year or next year. But eventually, people are going. It's just going to crash, and okay. and if they don't innovate and they don't keep doing that, and I know you feel that they will, but if they don't, they're in trouble. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and I want to see better. I want to see them do better, uh, but I, in my opinion, it's just not there yet. But uh, I know with trickling out these games and whatnot, I mean, it generates press and you know excitement. Maybe maybe just a little instead of just blasting you with a giant bomb of the whole library all at once. So, I mean, we're talking about it, bad or good, and get yeah, people and like, like... And also, like, I mean, like I mentioned before, let's say every game is released. Everyone buy Link to the Past. They buy Ocarina of Time, blah, blah, blah. But let's say a game like, I don't know, Kirby Superstar or something that... I mean, it's it's a very popular and exciting game, but compared to some of the big hitters, it wouldn't get get any purchase. They're going to get those people who are just wanting to play something. So that that's why they do it that way, I think. I mean, and it happens even today, even in like real time, where like 
a bunch of AAA titles get released at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. They can bury other games. So yeah. maybe that's kind of the same thought yeah, process. It's all about so, scheduling and planning these well, times. It also could be the fact that there's nothing else coming out, so they have exactly. to stagger something. Exactly. they got to keep that steady stream of income coming. <laughs> yeah, they got to go back to that old cow and just milk old Bessie till she's got nothing <laughs> left. Bessie. She's been milk That's what I'm saying. That, that cow's got to be so just skinny and dying and sad and tears coming down. They're not milking milk. They're milking tears out of it. <laughs> Maybe pee, but mostly well, tears. People can use those tears and then play them for their enjoyment. They're trying to milk a bull at this point is what they're doing. <laughs> Gross. Before, before we jump off this, I just wanted to kind of bring it to you guys and say, even not necessarily Nintendo, but is there any game that you'd want to see in like a virtual console type thing that maybe you just miss playing and you'd like to have that would get you excited? Is there any old Nintendo game, maybe even to stick it there to kind of stay on this lineup, that would get you excited to play again not to buy or no, Wii U, they're all out that. they're all coming they're all been re-released 20 times on yeah. nintendo well you know you bring that up you know the whole excite bike thing um i did a couple months ago i have like an excite bike type of game that i downloaded from my phone that i can play and i downloaded it installed it guess what i've never played it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that I, happens a lot I, I, maybe road, road rash would be cool to jump into again uh that was free uh Maybe the original Pitfall, because that that special place in my heart. I, honestly, but I probably wouldn't play. It. I'm probably like Jack. I probably think, oh, these are old games. I'm trying to just think of old games I liked, but give them to me again, and I'll probably be like, uh, no. Yeah, I'll I mean, go play some Bioshock or something. The good. only way I would is on like like a mobile, like on the phone, and maybe I'd think about it. And if it was free, I'd be like, oh yeah, I might download. I might play that if I'm bored sometime or if, something. But if, yeah. But exactly, like, on a console, I want, on a console and, like, serious gaming, when I sit down, I want to, like, go forward with gaming. I want to do something new, something right. great, something different. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe, okay, maybe if I went on a skiing trip in Colorado and I wasn't looking where I was going, I hit a tree really hard and I was in a coma for months and I came out of it, oh I had God. to slowly rebuild my, my <laughs> cognitive skills, yeah. maybe I'd play a little old Asteroids or something just right. to try to get my fingers working exactly. again. And that's the so only once game I that could, you had. I'd be like, I don't remember how Bioshock ended, let's do that instead. So that looks good. But here's here's why I like these games, though, is because, I mean, yeah, I, I do like going forward with gaming. I like playing the new games, but these are more like a break in games. Like if you want to watch TV while you're playing or if you want to do something else and maybe have gaming take a back seat. It's nice to jump back in and play a game that you're not too invested in but still can have fun for 10 minutes here, 20 you, minutes there. You mean when you're driving is what you're trying to say. Uh, I, don't, right. I don't like telling people don't, that. Don't I've only hit that. like four kids. Don't do that. No, but I mean like gamers, not, sometimes they will have like a multiple setup. They will have a TV on while they have the game going and they have their laptop on too. I mean, I know a couple people are like that. I'm not that bad, but I'd like to be that bad. I'd like to have a setup like that. But I'll, I'll read a book while a football game or, or a basketball game or something's on sometimes if yeah. it's not a, one I'm really into. Multiple things but, go and, on. And, yeah. But I don't know, man. If I really want to play a game, I'll play a game... Yeah, I guess that's cool for a little bit, but it's just, uh, I, I can't see getting excited you. about it. But, but one thing, I just kind of want to tell a story. I actually wrote an article about this that just went out. It's about Kirby Superstar. And this is the reason that I do love the Virtual Console. And I, I understand your frustrations about releasing the same stuff one million times over, but this is why it's special, especially to me in this one sense. Because when I was younger, I played Cur Kirby Superstar for Super Nintendo like for hours and hours on end. And then when we moved, I lost the, the game. Kind of like Jack lost uh, what was it called? Stadium events? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of like you lost that. Yeah. And I mean, Kirby Superstar was difficult to find. And I mean, I still like supporting developers doing all that stuff. So once it was released on the virtual console for Wii, 
I was very excited, and I got it. Now, the day I got it, my bro- little brother, Jordan, who was, who was, I think, five or six at the time, um, actually, he was five, uh, he was over at my house, and he started playing, and I was playing, and then he asked if I could join, so I gave him the first controller, I took the second, we did co-op, and we played for like two hours. That day, he went out and got Kirby Superstar Ultra for the DS, and just like 100% of that game in a week, and listened to the songs, listened to the, played the game over and over, just like I did, and it actually turned him on to games, and now he's basically like a little me. How's, how's really nice. therapy going? <laughs> <laughs> he needs it. No. I'm just kidding. No, but it, that, that's why I like the Virtual Console. Give like my little brother a way into games because yeah, he played the DS here and there, and he played on the iPhone. But it's nice for him to be able to see where gaming ca- where gaming came from. And that's that's really cool, and that's a great story. And it's nice to like bring in the old generation and give them kind of like the earlier gaming it was is a special moment. Okay, and, like the history of gaming. But for us, like old crusty guys who want like the <laughs> The greatest and latest and the best and the newest and the freshest. I mean, I mean, I like reading about history too, but I don't want to ride a horse to work. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I got a car. That would be kind of fun. I don't, I don't, I don't need to get on a, one of those old crank cars and a buggy and well, stuff and take nine hours to get here. Unless I like, get I, dysentery on the way. <laughs> I mean, unless I had like long blonde flowing hair and I was like Fabio. And <laughs> hey, I just there was just some breaking news from my other brother Andrew. He is officially done with college. He finished his final final at Ohio State. So I thought you meant I thought you meant he just said screw it and walked out. No. <laughs> He's like, instead, I'm playing Kirby. Andrew. No, that's awesome, Andrew. Good job, I Andrew. Wish you the best of luck and congratulations. That is just awesome. Hot off the wires. Hot off the iPhone. Right now. Just, when you said that, I just picture him picking up, standing it up, and just dropping his books and <laughs> putting his hands mic. in the air and walking out. <laughs> I'm out, people. So yeah, so that was I mean, good topic. I want to thank Nate. We also want to say that. He actually got the new Star Trek game, which reviews haven't been out yet. He says he's having a very good time with it, and I'm hoping it's good. I mean, it looks cool. It's got the voice talent of the game, of the the movie, sorry, that's coming out and all that stuff. But so it has Captain Kirk's voice actor? It does. Real? But yeah. does, it, does it have the cards? Yeah, it does. No, it does okay. not. <laughs> you can switch by pressing X. You can switch between Picard and Kirk. Hair? No, I actually <laughs> watched like, um, like 30 minutes of the gameplay while two like, uh, guys from... Uh, the UK were playing it on IGN, yeah. and uh, it looked good. Eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like I don't want to bash it yet. I kind of wait for the reviews honestly before I really delve into a game and kind of look at it because gaming is kind of an investment. Uh, you know, it's sixty oh, bucks a pop sure. and the time investment. I'd like right, to I'd exactly. like to try a demo of it because if you're into the universe and stuff, right. like we know Nate's a, a Star Trek fan, so for him. It might be easier to overlook some flaws that other people may get right. annoyed by, right. and I'm like that too. If I'm really into a franchise or something, I can overlook. Well, until Resident Evil Six, and I, I could overlook. Well, that's, that's like Walking Dead survival instinct. Even though I know it's a horrible game, I'm still intrigued because I like Walking Dead. Oh, exactly. if it's if I yeah. see it for ten bucks, I will totally buy that. And exactly. And to pique your interest, I know the m- new movie's coming out, and this game is supposed to bridge the gap between the two movies. Yeah, see that's that's good stuff. No, that's pretty cool. So there you go. That might be worth it for a lot of people, a lot of fans to play just for story alone. And it's like Dead Space, and it is co-op, and you do have, instead of a symmetrical experience, it's asymmetrical. It's different whether you're playing with Spock or you're playing with Kirk. One example was Spock was mind-melding with a guy who went kind of nutty, and you don't get to see that. But if you actually are playing Spock, you get to see the mind-meld and like go and do it nice. uh, like that. So That, was that sounds cool. So hey, if anyone out there has Star Trek and you're looking for someone to play with, Ask ask Nate. He's at Nate's N A T E S four the number four Christ on Twitter. 
That's at Nates for Christ. And you can play and hope you could be Spock or Kirk and have some Star Trek fun. But oh yeah, he should have sent us his uh you know Yeah, I think it actually might be the same. I'm friends with him, so but tweet oh, cool. tweet at him, let it let him know. He's got the PS three version, just so you know. Thanks for the info, Nate. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. And yeah, let us know how you're liking it as you play a little bit more. So we're gonna jump into another segue that Bill ruined a little bit earlier. Wait, wait, we before, ready to before we do, so so I'm gonna ruin it while you try to get into it. And again, Nate, just so you know. Totally kidding about Picard. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. Are we going? Yeah. Are we going? Okay. So, hey, what about... <laughs> what about Apple? What is, has so, Apple got anything going on, Adam? <laughs> At the quarter two earnings call, Tim Cook said that Apple promises a new product category for 2013. Now, this could mean that iOS smartwatch that we've been hearing about, yep. or the iTV that's been rumored about since... Nom or something. Both. Well, they have to, and he has to promise it because their profits have been slipping. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like Nintendo. They should be promising games for the Wii U. So you can either tell time or watch TV. Next. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping for the ITV. That would be awesome. I think if they do a TV right, that could be a super game changer. Why don't they just do TV with a clock on it? Yeah, that could work too, I guess. Boom. (laughs) Or or you can watch TV on your watch. Either one. (laughs) Or I can just go back and live my life and forget about Apple and stop caring about it like I normally do. <laughs> Shut up, Jay. He's got a Samsung. So, so our our next topic is about Batman. Arkham Origins, there's a rumor that it might have multiplayer. Shocker. Every game this day these days seems to have multiplayer either shoehorned into it or really put, I mean, putting effort into it. I don't want to say everything is bad, but it just seems every game this, these days, except Bioshock Infinite, needs to have multiplayer. Now, this is just a rumor, so... You can't tell for sure, but it seems like they're trying to be unique and not just doing, like, I don't know, you're Batman and you fly around killing bad guys or whatever you're doing, but you're actually playing as a member of Joker or Bane's gang while trying to take down Batman and Robin. So, kind of an interesting take, because you're playing as the bad guys trying to take down the good guys. That could be fun. If if it's done well, if it's tacked on, I'll lose a little bit of faith in that series, but if it's done well, I mean... If you got new ideas, multiplayer could be great. It doesn't just have to be, you know, team deathmatch or whatever. You know, in fact, people looking are looking for new ways to do that. So hey, if you got something new to the table, bring it. Cool. I, I find that uh, that multiplayer, even if it's tacked on, it's kind of kitschy, kind of fun because you kind of know it's tacked on, so you go in with the right like frame of mind and like inebriated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to be hammered and you have a great time. <laughs> Anyways, but playing as the gang or like Batman or Robin, I I hope you can play as the heroes. I don't know, but there's kind of a similar game type with Grand Theft Auto as cops and robbers. You get to change sides and yeah. like go after one of the other. And that was kind of a cool game type. I played a couple hours actually, maybe more than that on that just that game type and mode. I'd love to play as a Joker so people wouldn't make fun of me for wearing green pants. Aw, poor guy. They they do look great on you, Bill. I must say. Or or like I'm your funny uh, disfigured face. <laughs> you know it. Thank you. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it it'll be it'll be <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if this is actually true or if this turns out to be I don't know just another rumor. You never know. But it's uh on our last topic. Actually, I'll give Bill the chance to give us one last segue. You know what we haven't had in a long time? What's that? It's a good Star Wars movie. Now, I'd like to get a new Star Wars movie, as long as they don't shove it down our throats every six months to a year. Well, your How's wish, that? Is your that wish is... That was beautiful. <laughs> your wish has been shot down right now. Boop. You lose. So, there's a new report out of the uh, Disney 
encampment. <laughs> that a new rebel. There's a, there's a giant. There's a giant tent and like General Mickey and all this sitting around it's a table. All uh, they're like Goofy, go get us some sandwiches. Adam's the emperor, and he's like, "Oh, the rebel scum! <laughs> it's a trap." <laughs> the rebel base encampment has some news for us. Is Sean Connery in this book? I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. Let's let's tell them about it. So, as we all know, there's going to be a new Star Wars trilogy. And the first one's hitting in 2015. After that, we heard rumors that they're going to do some spin-offs, like take, maybe go the angle of young Han Solo or young Boba Fett. But now it's announced that Star Wars will be hitting theaters every single year. Actually, every 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> every 10 minutes a new one will be released. They're going to Call of Duty us is what they're going to do. They're going to Jar Jar Binks us. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Call of Duty is still a good game, but each release I'm like kind of – I used to be like, yes – the next year, like yeah, and I'm like, all right. Now it's kind of like, kind of like, no, oh, there's that again. It's like, oh, it's like I don't know. Nintendo It's gonna be like, Jesus, stop it. It's the Nintendo syndrome. So that's like what happens with me, and like every time like Madden or NCAA football hey, whoa, comes whoa, out. Whoa. Oh, whoa, the Zynga. <laughs> every game is different. The every is different, and and they are constantly improving. I'm very excited about NCAA 14, and you just. I get, to, I get to throw this football again. Hot damn, let's do it again this year. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, yeah, that's that was nice. Thank you for that, Jack. <laughs> you got me. I'm bleeding. <laughs> but this this Star Wars thingy, it does it does scare me, as Bill was saying, because yeah, it's I mean, when in 2015, it's going to be so exciting that there's a new Star Wars because when when was the last one released? In like 2004. Three something long time if ago. If they could make them great every year, I'll be excited every oh, year. for sure. Yeah, what are they like? One for three and making a decent one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I like the last one, but Jar uh, Jar, uh, yeah. no. But yeah, so it's it's such a, it'll be such an exciting time. Twenty fifteen rolls around. Star Wars is back. It's, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting. But if it just happens every single year, it's gonna be like all right. I mean, I think we're seeing that with Assassin's Creed a little bit. I mean, people are getting excited, but you can tell with every iteration they're like. This is buggy. There's these problems. If only they had more time. If only they did this differently. Blah, 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 blah. Well, the problem is you just got to do a good job and make a great story and make it even new and fresh, even within the genre itself. I mean, if you just right. expect and have the same thing over and over and over again, and you don't do a solid version of it, like what happened with Madden that one time when they switched over to the 360, uh, hello. So awful. Yeah, see? I mean, that's it. And you see it, and it's so glaring because they ha- should have it a solid, solid experience. And obviously Star Wars is an amazing, giant universe, and there's plenty of stories to be told. It's just, we'll see how long. I mean, it's obviously not going to be every year for the rest of time. We'll see how long every year actually is in the future. Oh, yeah, let's let's hope for the best. But Star Wars is like a, you know, like a franchise, like a trademark, that when you say Star Wars, you do expect quality. Oh, you yeah, expect sure. expect a quality experience. Well, it's Call of Duty, expect a quality, too, but if it's if it's... If you're just getting the same stuff over and over and over repackaged, it could be really disappointing. Right. Like when you go to McDonald's. The last Call of Duty was great game. Fantastically done. Very well put together, but I just didn't get as excited as I did the other ones. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So we have one final question from a lovely gentleman by the name of Roman Kagan, who asks a very serious question. What are your thoughts on pain and gain? Think it'll be the best movie ever or just top five? Michael Bay. 
<laughs> Failure. The Rock. Mike Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> no, actually, uh, the the trailer looks pretty good. It yeah, looks, I think it's like a, a good mix of comedy yeah. and action. A little different than what Michael Bay usually does, as far as or has been doing lately, where it's been like horrible attempts at comedy and then over the top action. And this is kind of based on a true story. And I think the buzz about this has been pretty positive. I think it's no, it does look it good. It might turn out to be pretty good. I know he's kind of joking with that. He actually, yeah, I know he's. This is one of my best friends, and he's very. He loves these kind of movies, and he's very excited for it. But I know he's kind of joking. But it lo- I don't know. This one actually does look kind of interesting. And The Rock is just—he has too much, too much muscle. Well, I like any good. I like good action comedies anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, they're fun. It's a fun cast. We'll see. I honestly have no idea what you're talking about because I haven't seen the trailers or heard <laughs> about it till just now. Oh, sorry, I figured it was a movie, but I don't know. Some body, some bodybuilders who don't want to be broke, and they rob some rich guy who's a jerk, and they get chased by the feds or something. I don't know. It, it's one of those movies. It's like a buddy comedy. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So stay tuned for it. I hope you enjoy it, Roman. And I love Mark Wahlberg when he does comedies. Yeah, definitely. He was hilarious in Ted. He was hilarious in, uh, what was it, The Other, the other guys. guys. That's that one movie, of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. Him yeah. and Will Ferrell together were hilarious. It was awesome. He learned to dance sarcastically. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, if it's any if it's any kind of that kind of comedy in it, plus some good Michael Bay action, I mean, good Michael Bay action, not like Transformers with balls, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Please. I just watched the newest Transformers movie and uh, I couldn't get through it. I yeah. couldn't do it. So we'll see. I, I I hope it's a good one. So, ladies and gentlemen, we really really appreciate you tuning in for another hour of us rambling on about who knows what. We'll miss you. <laughs> we will miss you until next Wednesday. But seriously, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. If you ever want to join us or be a part of the show or conversation, email us at podcast at thegamersadvocate.com. Again, that's podcast at thegamersadvocate.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Yeah, the that's blue what it shield. is. Blue follow shield. Follow that blue shield. Not fo- the red one. Not, yes. That's not us. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter, at gamersadvocate. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Adam Bankhurst. And if you want to follow me, don't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm Bill, at Bill Roberts-ish. I'm at Jack Whittington. Yeah, and, it's, and always subscribe to us. Give us some nice reviews on iTunes. Just tell people about us, you know? We want to be awesome. We want to help you, help us, help everybody in the whole world. Even if you think we suck, tell people to listen to it and make fun of us. I don't right, care. Exactly. We really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take so, it. So, to end the show, we're going to do something a little different. <laughs> we heard a pretty incredible song, thanks to Jack Whittington over here. And it is just... It, it, it's it's from what the 30s 40s something uh, like that. I don't know I just take full credit of uh, showing 30s, you guys this beautiful masterwork <laughs> yeah, from so, the great late Georgia White yes from the great late Georgia White may she rest in peace but this song held up to today's <laughs> standards is just pure gold this song is called Hot Nuts yes I said it right Hot Nuts and just prepare to be amazed at what music can be or you should be playing Fallout 3 while we're playing this. <laughs> yes, that is a great one to it. So hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoyed our show. We look forward to seeing you next week. So for the Gamers Advocate, I'm Adam. I'm Bill. I'm Jack. We hope you have a great night. See you later, ding-dongs. Man, selling 
mind is fine, but I bet your nuts ain't as hard as mine selling nuts. Oh, hot nuts. You buy them from the peanut man. Selling nuts. Hot nuts. Anybody here want to buy my nuts? Selling nuts. Hot nuts. You buy them from the peanut man. They say your nuts is mine is small. Better have small nuts than none at all. Selling nuts. Hot nuts. You buy them from the peanut man. Hot nuts, hot nuts, buy from the peanut man. 